Hello, welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. We are part of the Dark Discussions News Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the US of A, and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I am tired, Phil. How are you? Uh, Same. Same. Very tired. Uh, Mike's referring to the fact that myself and him both drove a good half a day to a convention down in Virginia, uh, where we represented the Dark Discussions News Network, along with a couple of other people from the network. Um, For folks who are new to this podcast here, uh, this podcast is a weekly podcast on the television series Westworld, based off of Michael Crichton's uh, original property on, um, I guess, I forget if it was a, it was a Warner Brothers film, I think. Um, and this here is a TV show that uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy have put together based off of the Michael Crichton Westworld movies. Um, today is August 2nd, 2022, that we are recording this for some of our listeners who are curious, such as Pam, who are always interested when we record our episodes. Uh, We are basically at darkdiscussions.com, part of that news network. The podcast can be found wherever podcasts are found, under Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, or the Dark Discussions podcast feed as well. Uh, We are a noted podcast by such uh, I guess online newspapers as Huffington Post. Um, all right. So, oh, hang on to it. Indeed. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, we talk weekly about each episode of the television series. And this week, uh, we are going to talk about episode six of season four of Westworld. Uh, which aired July 31st, 2022. It had 390,000 viewers during its live broadcast, which is the largest of the series, or let me rephrase, of the season so far. Uh, This is episode 34 out of all the episodes, and episode 6, once again, on uh, season 4. Directed by Andrew Seckler, and written by Jordan Goldberg and Ali Rock. Um, all right, so that's pretty much all I got. For folks who are interested, we basically spoil everything because for people who are watching the show are most likely listening to this podcast and are here to hear other ideas and opinions of uh, what's going on and what we think is going on. Um, all right, so that's pretty much it. So let's go around and discuss uh, what we felt about this episode. So let's start with you, Eric. Um, I generally liked the episode. Um, and I'll be honest, this is the first episode where I really enjoyed Aaron Paul. Um, up until now, he's just kind of been there, uh, and he hasn't been a detriment. Uh, but I've never really got a gotten excited about his presence on the show either. Uh, but I think what he did this week, uh, with the different versions of his character, uh, was really something he, he knocked it out of the park this week. Um, 
I was bummed that we didn't get to find more about Christina, but I guess that's next week because they seem to be alternating going back and forth between Christina and Bernard. Um, yeah, uh, over, overall, I liked it. Um, although I will say that I found the uh, Bernard half of the equation a little weak, um, but I thought the strength of the Aaron Paul part of the story made up for it. All right, sounds good. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I, w- I would concur that uh, Aaron Paul was the, the star of this episode uh, today, um, or not today, but but episode six period. Um, yeah, he did have many uh, aspects uh, and showed his acting chops, so I would concur. Uh, I did enjoy the the pre-credit scene, probably the best uh, part of the the episode. Um, the rest of the episode was mostly a episode of basically confirming things that I guess were set up earlier that we were kind of guessing would be the case. Uh, so there was really no big surprises except for, um, how the, the pre credit scene, um, links back to the, rest of the episode, specifically the Bernard sequences. Um, so, uh, it was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't awesome, but, uh, it was, it was, uh, solid enough. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. So I had to watch this twice because I tried watching it, uh, Sunday night after the convention and I fell asleep. Uh, it was one of those things I was like, I was like, every time I blinked my eyes, the blinks just kept getting longer and longer. So I was getting like bits and pieces of it. Uh, so I rewatched it again last night, uh, though I was still, after I got home, although I was still pretty damn exhausted. So I don't know that I caught everything that's there. Um, I, I would say this might be my least favorite episode of the season other than the first, but it's not that I don't think it was a good episode where the first was just kind of meh. Um, but I think it's because I kind of feel like I know where they're going now. There were moments that I was more invested in. I wasn't that invested in the whole uh, Frankie storyline that much. It's kind of like, and we just fast forward. We, we know that Bernard's not the mole. So we're going to have to go through that. It was kind of obvious who the mole was going to end up being. Um, and I did like the Aaron Paul thing. You know, Eric, your description of Aaron Paul kind of describes my feeling about Aaron Paul altogether. <laughs> is that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah the same same thing with Breaking Bad. It's like I was never... I mean, he got, yeah, he got famous for saying bitch, you know? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean, and he was, he was what he was supposed to be in Breaking Bad. But they've tried turning him into a leading man, which I, I just don't think that he is. Um, That's true. And I'm never, I never think he does a bad job, but I'm also never happy to go, oh, yay, it's Aaron Paul. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so it, it's a weird thing. And it's like, I think it's because they, they because he was so successful in Breaking Bad, I think. And there were a lot of attempts to cash in those chips. And by the way, I don't blame him. You, you know, people are willing to write you a check. You take it. Um, but I, you know, it just, it's just not the same kind of thing. Um, 
But I think he does do a decent job here, but I always think he does a decent job. So, uh, I think it's more interesting with Hale. Now, there's there's some weird acting stuff going on in that storyline. And I'm I'm guessing, at least to me, that's both on the part of Aaron Paul and also on the part of um, Hale, whose name is escaping me. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. That, right, Tessa Thompson. But I think that's deliberate, I hope. Because we know that Aaron Paul is breaking down, and I have a feeling she is too. Well, I got I got some questions there, but we'll get into them later. So anyway, all right. But anyhow, I, I like I said. So I did like it. It's it is. Um, I think this is a really good example of why this probably it's probably good that this series is not going any longer than eight episodes. Because it already you, you mean like this had, you mean this season you mean this, this season we're, we're we're not in yeah. yet <laughs> yeah I know sorry uh, I deal with a lot of those people online um, but so, yeah it, yeah exactly it's uh, so because I think there's already a little not a lot there's a little bit of padding in this season and I think the we're kind of getting it here uh, with the uh, the Frankie storyline mm-hmm. and I certainly could not see this going for another what three or four episodes after episode eight. So I think it's, we, we need, we need to be heading into the, uh, not the final countdown, but the, you know, the, the, the final resolution. It's the final countdown. Believe me. That's, that's why I didn't want to say that. That's Europe, yes. right? That's Europe. That is Europe. Yeah. All right. Is that it, Mike? That's it for now. Okay. So uh, we do have an email from uh, Sean Fox from Alberta. Of course Canada. we do. So what does the fox say? And this is what he has to say. He says, hey, guys, I hope that you are all doing well. This episode was a bit of a real meh experience for me. My biggest gripe, ranty ramble, is that it feels like they tried to give us a big Oh, who could it be who done it mystery? But with side characters who have barely had maybe ten minutes of total screen time this <laughs> season. I, I think I think um Sean Fox and Mike are the same person because he's saying exactly what you're saying, Mike, and <laughs> you may be right. Uh the bad said all those wonderful things about me in past emails. Indeed. That's he has, actually, you're right. Uh my biggest uh, I mean, the baddie is revealed based on a mentioned trait that we, I, have never even been made aware of. That doesn't sound like a great swerve idea, just more like the area of haphazard or lazy storytelling. I get that the replacement baddie was the only one who was alone in last week's episode. That would have been fine to just keep it at that. But the trick of revealing something the audience has no way of even uh, ever knowing in the first place is just a bit, a bit little and annoying. The other minor weak point of the mystery is that it starts with a handful of who could it be rebels, who also seemingly all just disappear except for two within what felt like not even thirty seconds. I did like Caleb number 278 and his loop along with the reveal that Charlotte is stuck in a loop of her own making 
all because she can't accept that no one loves the perfect world she has constructed. Charlotte's also going from her channeling Bond villains the last couple of episodes to this episode, feeling very much like she is now all about the Agent Smith vibe was a welcome change for me. Enough meandering and rambling for this email. I really do hope that since next week is the penultimate episode, it will amp up in a very big and very good way. Thanks, as always, for your time, and may everyone have a great start for August. Sean from St. Albert, Albert, Alberta, Canada. So I think he has a, a lot of uh, things that you have to say, Mike. I think he's right on the on board with you a hundred percent. Um, I, I would concur that the episode was meh. It, it felt like, um, an episode that, um, was just answering questions. We already knew as I, as I already mentioned. And, um, I do concur a hundred percent with, um, who the baddie was in the screen time and the setup. And it's like, Oh, who cares? Um, and the character, wasn't someone that we really liked. And then even in his pre uh, credit sequence from the past, uh, he was kind of a, a stink, a stinker or whatever you want to call him. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise. I feel, um, anyway, that's my comment. Well, yeah, and, and, and it's weird that, I mean, honestly, overall that part of the storyline this this season is it's just been really uninteresting all around. True. They yeah, they better absolutely. have some cards up their sleeve for that other because otherwise I mean, um, with an eight episode season, like Mike was saying, it still feels padded. Um, so what the hell would they have done if it was ten? Uh, <laughs> Because it really, it really seems like they might have been able to strip it down to six. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a valid point. What do you, what's your thoughts, Mike, on that? Uh, yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think the big thing here is that they answered a question I had last week, or at least I think they did, which was the uh, them not showing how they escaped. Oh, right. Uh huh. So, as it turns out, they didn't want to show you the guy getting replaced. Right, they didn't show up because it turns out that they're pulling the whole letting uh, letting uh, Han and Luke escape from the Death Star so they could follow them back to their lair trick. Right, the the escape was easy because they let us escape. Right, that's the thing. Right, so they sent the spy with them to 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 crack down. I was under the impression, well, maybe not pinpoint, but I'm for some reason, I thought that Charlotte mentioned that they were in the desert. I mean, from what I've seen of this world, the desert is a pretty big place. Well, yeah, there's still questions on that, too. I'll give you that. And, and, And how much control does she have outside of. Outside of the cities, um. Because, you know, you don't have the little umbrella stands right throughout, you know, the deserts. So, you know, we don't know exactly where they're hiding and exactly what they're doing. Really, what she's trying to figure out is 
is how is she uh how is she fucking up how how are, how are Caleb and Frankie fucking up all their their hosts right what is it about the outliers that's screwing things up mm-hmm. and yeah she is basically like a uh a petulant child who can't accept that nobody wants the gifts they're giving um that she has to give them and it's just like no that, that you, you were offered and they said no just let it go but nope she talks about how her her hosts are all perfect and perfect bodies and perfect let it go, per- let it go. <laughs> yeah I had to do my also yeah so they're all perfect except nobody wants to have the perfect life I'm offering them they all insist on living imperfect lives and dying <laughs> Well, and, and the whole thing's very weird because, again, even though robots are robots, um, they are, at least in this show, sen- at least sentient. At least that's what Eric is con- trying to convince me, so I'll go with it. And as a result, being robots and, I would assume, superior to um, biological beings such as humans, they would yes, understand. Yes, we all agree that robots yeah. are superior to human beings. Welcome our overlords. Exactly. So any robots that are, are sending out little uh, things and listening to these uh, keywords, we're on your and side. We know, no, we know in no way, shape, so, or form would, 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 would machines be intruding in our personal conversations and overhearing our anything. We are only speaking with absolute sincerity about our beliefs. And they Hello, CIA are using this podcast to boost their signal. So, and back to uh, all seriousness, um, you would think that Charlotte would be smart enough to know that uh, people uh, or all creatures don't want to be slaves, especially humans, because they would probably know the, the history of, of humanity. Um, so, it's kind of silly that she thinks that people would want well, that utopia because you can even I, argue that I understand it, what you're saying, but at the same time, she ain't right in the head. That's been made clear. Um, so she's got the superiority complex going on that hosts are in every way, shape and form better than humans. So there's no way they could possibly be mentally defective like humans are sometimes. Right. And it seems that the, the hosts may have a, um, a program flaw anyway, where they aren't um, using tr- 100% logic. They have some sort of thing there where they are just off a little bit because that's why some of these robots can't handle outliers. But anyway, you're going to say something. Well, and oh, and I, I'm sorry, Michael. You talking just like I was just going to say, and it's also clear that I, at this point, I believe the hosts are indeed absolutely capable of feeling emotion and that influences their decisions. Right. Now, Mike, you were going to say something. Also, I mean, just to go back, which I didn't intend to, but let's, let's just touch back on the, the sentient robot things. Um, I don't believe there's such a thing as vampires, but Bram Stoker wants me to, to enjoy his story. So I'll accept there's such a thing as vampires. You know, same thing with sentient machines. You may not want to believe the machines can become sentient, but it's a, a premise of the show. But, uh, yeah, but Charlotte's like, I mean, they've, they've been not so subtly forecasting it with her cutting herself uh, on her dead arm for the last, like, two or three episodes, uh, picking at at it and opening wounds on it. So, yeah, she's definitely not right in the head. 
she's having a bit of a nervous breakdown and there's there there's especially in the beginning of the episode when she's trying to have a conversation with Aaron Paul her her, her delivery seems weirdly stilted and that might be the actress but i think since Aaron Paul is doing the same sort of thing um and i don't you don't get the same sort of uh I haven't gotten that from her in past episodes. I don't get that from uh, from like Frankie or anybody else. I think that's just a, a deliberate choice to show that she's just malfunctioning. Perhaps. She's having a nervous breakdown. Well, and I, missed, I thought they missed the opportunity for a fantastic moment when they were on the roof. Um, and she she is revealed that she let him get up there just to see what he'd do. Um, and he gives her the line about nobody wanting to live in her world. <laughs> he probably, he may not have been physically capable of it at that point, but I thought it would have been an excellent explanation on that. Uh, if he had just charged her and like lifted her off the ground and dove off the roof with her, <laughs> that would have been sweet. Wouldn't that it have sucked? True, true. Um. All right, so I guess we can get into the various story plots. Um, I guess we can start with the the pre sequence. I guess the pre uh, credit sequence. Um, and this is this is where we get the I guess the the true reveal. Even though we kind of already knew it from last week, uh, that uh, Caleb's daughter who is still a child or a young young girl in the past, but part of the rebellion even back then. Um, so we can, we can assume that she is an outlier too. We don't know what happened to her mother. Um, mm-hmm. But she is with a couple of folks that are part, uh, outliers or rebels, one or the other. And they, um, uh, find another man who happens to be. Um, we find out the guy uh, that's her friend as an adult. Uh, what's that guy's name? Does anyone know that guy's name? The bad mm-hmm. guy. Now I'm will turn into the bad guy. Jay. Uh, what is it? Jay. Jay. Mm-hmm. She's C. Uh, he's Jay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so um, C, 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 and and we do find out C is for cookie. Okay, um, so so this guy um, is all depressed. They come up to him and they say, "We know you have a brother," and he goes, "But no one else knows you have a brother." And they ask, "Yes, how?" But he just goes along because uh, they say we've been detected. Uh, so, what do you guys think about this this pre pre credit sequence? Uh, anybody can add to it. I just started. But. I didn't think much about it. It's it's very much uh it reminded me of um Major of the Body Snatchers. Um either, either the original or the, the seventy nine re uh seventy eight remake where they're like just they have to walk down the street and pretend there's no emotion, try to blend in, you know, because they don't they don't want Donald Sutherland to point at them and scream. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that that's kinda True, um, because it, uh, I would agree. Now, I, I had a pr- I have a problem with these 
um, white robot things. Um, when when you see them, I believe they're called drones. Yeah, when you see them in um, trailers or, or coming next or whatever, they look pretty cool. But when you see them in the show for a long period of time, they kind of just look like Halloween costumes. Well, they are. Yeah, it's a, but, it's a suit, and they could they can only hide it for so long. But like, yeah. I think the like the the hail robot, she looks way more convincing. Um, but yeah, so, so either way, they're the, the Charlotte's police, I guess, right? Yeah. And I think, I don't know if I'd classify them that narrowly. They do a lot of stuff, including science experiments with flies. They are her flying monkeys. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that, Mike. Well, I mean, it does. The show does kind of well after the opening. She does start out with uh, with uh, with Hale uh, having uh, a, a red hourglass, <laughs> and and to to count down the time that that Caleb has left. It's it was a very Dorothy moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I like it. Um, but yeah, so I and I was watching uh, some video. They said like that that was pointing things out and like and one thing they pointed out which I'd forgotten is the hail in a previous episode had said it took a generation to defeat the humans. Mm-hmm. And Frankie is not very old in this flashback. She's maybe a little bit older than she was uh at when the beginning. Saw of the her, right? right. And so she seems to have taken control of uh, of at least California. Now, what, did she have control of the world at that point? I have no idea. Um, when is when is she counting? It took a generation because are we are we tracing this all the way back to the Wyatt days? In which case, it's taken uh, close to sixty years to do it, which would be several generations. Are we talking about since the collapse of Westworld? In which case, we're talking since she was in charge. thirty worlds. All right. Well. Then now, then now, then we're talking about twenty-three to thirty years, something like that, um, mm-hmm. depending on how that all plays out and what what their time references are. So was this a? But we seem to see she has control pretty quickly, but I guess it's possible she just controls that part of the world. Oh, and that's a that's good point. Like, I didn't quite admit that I, I, I was watching. No, but which I again I don't remember who it was, but I stole it from somebody on YouTube, so um I can't take credit for it. But it was a good point and it was a good question. Um and really we only have seen uh California, Baja Desert area, and New mm-hmm. York. Right. So we don't really know what's going yeah, on. We got the rest no of idea the what's going on in between. Right. But they also seem to be able to make it between those places pretty quickly somehow. Either that or they're just doing a lot of time jumping and not telling us. I assume that the uh, robot overlords uh, and their remarkable intellect and efficiency have finally figured out a way to make uh, high-speed rail a a real possibility in uh, (laughs) North America, finally. There you go. There's your answer. Um, 
All right, so that that pretty much is the setup for what's going to happen later in the Bernard story. Um, where do we want to go now, or is there more that we want to discuss about this? Actually, there may be. Actually, do you have actually, anything else on this? Yeah, the only reason this is there is to introduce us to Jay and yep. Jay selling her that. Uh, you know, you're not my brother. She says, I always wanted a brother. And she says, you're not, I'm not your brother. Right. Um, so, so kind of making him a dink. Well, no, right? kind of setting up the thing that's going to set things up later. Right, right. Because um, that's how, spoiler warning, she's going to figure out. It's it's right up there with the old, wait, I never told you my name was C. How did you know my real name? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, and then an he says, uh, "There's no reason for you to talk to your father. He's dead." And yeah, so he, he's kind of a nihilist, which isn't surprising based off of the trauma that he's gone through. However, with the little girl, you would think he, you know, if it was if he was a different personality type, he, he would have been kind to her um, and been okay with her saying he's like my brother. And not say your father's dead, you know. So it kind of makes you see him for how he is, which honestly, they haven't really hidden his personality at all throughout this season. Uh, the 10 minutes that Sean Fox mentions that he's in, he, he's pretty much a dink the entire time. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a bit of a dink because we're seeing him through the eyes of Stubbs and Bernard. Um, true, true, true. He might come across very differently otherwise. Yeah, okay. And if you were in his situation, you'd be pretty damn suspicious of outsiders, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, that is true. Um, but, of course, they, they make him over-the-top compared to the other people in the rebel group uh, that are angry or suspicious. And again, you're right. You know, each person is different in how they're going to act. But as we know, uh, there's always a reason why scripts are written in certain ways. And I think it was possibly, uh, even if it's a valid, I guess, uh, um, feeling that he would, he would act this way in real life from with outsiders, it's also written in a script that wants us to, I think not like him too, or at least suspect. Oh him. yeah. Yeah. So, all right. All right. So where else do we want to go? Uh, what do we I mean, we might as well just finish up with, uh, with the C storyline. Cause there's really not much to it. <laughs> All right, sounds good. That works for me. I mean, uh, we do see Maeve again, and I liked how Bernard said uh, Stubbs in some of the things is is actually the mole. But um, all right, where do we want to go? Where I mean, we? they're at the rebel camp. They think there's a mole. Turns out it's that dude. The end. Well, a little more to it than that. Uh, they have <laughs> not much. <laughs> Right. Well, basically, it's we need to show an episode of them putting Maeve back together. So right. they, they so they are hiding out at 
um, uh, or whatever the name of the town was, the fake 1920s mm-hmm. Chicago. Right. And they use um, fake Hector. They get his control unit to put into to swap with Maves because Maves was damaged sitting underneath the dirt for 20 years, whereas... Or whatever it was. 20, right, for 23 years. Whereas fake Hector's control unit just sitting out on the floor of a, of a bar for 23 years is his control unit is perfectly fine. I think this is their way of having um, delaying Maeve's return until the dramatically appropriate point in mm-hmm. the next episode or the episode after. And well, so you have this one. What's that? Yeah, she's, she was here she's the a hero on this one. Yeah. yeah. And so you have, uh, and also it helps show Frankie figures out that Bernard, who just can't stop talking, <laughs> albeit cryptically, not as cryptically as he would like to believe, <laughs> uh, pointing out that he you know, had been in the Westworld Park 40 years ago or whatever it was, 23 years ago. And uh, seems pretty spry for a guy who's been, you know, was, was working as a programmer back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so it just reveals to uh, Frankie that Bernard is a uh, a host. Oh, and Bernard also shows that they were using mirrors to record the hosts, the the the, the guests, which mm-hmm. didn't make any sense to me at all, other than thematically playing on vanity, because the hats are on your head the entire time and in connection with what your brainwaves are doing. Whereas the mirrors, yeah, are, the only logic there I can see is that they might be able to fit more processing power behind a mirror than on your head in a hat. Yeah, but maybe. But Wi-Fi. Um. Right, the mirror seems so old, old tech. So it was kind of weird. I felt. I do. I do like your point, Mike, about the hat. Never mind. Um, just, you know, CIA, NSA type cameras that they could have. What are you talking about? They don't use cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They don't. Um, so, uh, right. That's true, too. Um, so continue, Mike, with that. Yeah. So, so we do see the, the mirrors and all that. But and then we something. find out that Bernard has been scanning all of them. And when he's called out on it, he says, well, it's complicated. Or something to that effect. Uh, so Bernard you know, is up to... He said a little more sometimes. It might be in his own best interest. Yeah. But it's weird how when you try to hide the fact that you're a robot, people think you're suspicious. Right. Whereas maybe, you know, but, you know, he's he's run through these algorithms before. Um. But uh, yeah, I did like the fact that we don't know who gets replaced. It could have been any one of the team. It's just in this particular iteration, it was Jay. And it doesn't really matter who it was because it all kind of ends up the same way anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because all that matters is that they're betrayed, which means everybody else other than Bernard and Frankie are kind of interchangeable for the rest of the mission. That's true. It's none yeah, of them actually right. have and, to and, care. And, and and we know that that they're gonna win because 
why else would they have gone through the whole thing with Bernard if he, it, it all fails and he dies and they all die? Well, um, it's not guaranteed, though, because Bernard keeps on spitting out percentages of likelihood. So so things can still be different depending on which bath they take. Right. And it's also, um, which I know, Phil, you, you haven't kept up on the on the Marvel series. But that was kind of the point in, in Infinity War where Doctor Strange says the same thing, which is all the possibilities, and the only way they can possibly win is to lose. So um, it may be that they're going to lose this season only to, so that they can facilitate them winning next season. Oh, interesting. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I also got a little bit of a vibe of um, the Matrix going on, uh, kind of like um, the first version of the, the Matrix was uh, a perfect world, and humans just couldn't handle couldn't handle it, so they had to redesign it and just make it like the '90s, uh, warts and all. <laughs> uh, so I kind of got that that same feeling going on when Caleb explains to her that the host don't want to live in the world that she created. Um, so it's kind of like she, she created what she thought was the perfect world and, and, and uh, they can't handle it. Well, the funny thing with the matrix is that I always thought it was, boy, isn't that funny that the perfect world just so happens to be 1997 when the movie was made and they didn't have to spend money on, 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 <laughs> on period clothing and sets. Well, you're just, being and, and the, and 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 then and then we 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 went past the year two thousand and it was like oh maybe they actually were right after all <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the peak of humanity uh, maybe um, maybe oh anyhow uh, now there's been some people on online who have pointed out similarities between this season and the Matrix and specifically the Matrix. Uh, Resurrection, which I think is the last film, where Neo is brought back as a game designer with no memory <laughs> of who he was. Right. And and I think I don't. I see. I never really know everyone who points these similarities out if they're just going, "Wow, this is weird," versus, "Hey, this thing is ripping off that other thing." But given how long Westworld has been in the works and they've had a basic plan and all of this stuff would have been filmed probably while Matrix Resurrection was filming and Matrix Resurrection was so poorly received, I don't think they would have said, hey, let's rip this off because it did so badly. That doesn't make any sense. I'm sure it's just a lot of parallel creativity. But certainly when you get if you go look at parallels with the original Matrix, uh, you're at this point where matrix was so groundbreaking sort of but also not uh and that it's you know it itself used a lot of tropes that were established in that kind of um cyberpunk literature mm -hmm. you know it's not yeah. it should be no surprise that anything that's a story about uh about ai in the future is going to have certain similarities with the matrix it's just going to that's true. That's true. I'm also thinking, like I, I, I've said in prior episodes of this podcast, that it's all virtual reality. Yeah, you keep on trying to sell that. I do. 
And I mean, I, I toyed with that. <laughs> I think part of it is, but I'm not sure which. Well, the only thing that we haven't, again, the only one that has not crossed over with anything else so far has been Dolores. You mean um, Chris Fina? right. Christina. Yeah, but uh, I mean, she did cross over with Hale, though you could argue that you know Hale could plug into a virtual reality at any point. Um, yeah, exactly. And like I said, the fact that Teddy was there made me wonder if that went, wouldn't have been the world beyond or whatever it was. Uh, exactly. But I, I'm getting uh, the further things go, the less likely I think that's going to be the case. Just. Um. Um, just because it becomes harder and harder to justify. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. So, all right. Where, where do we want to go now on this episode? The last place we haven't been <laughs> to, to the Caleb storyline. Yeah, oh, this what, is what, a very simple of, episode. Yeah, it is. Well, I just want to bring up Maeve. So Maeve appears, she kills Jay, right. and she uh, talks about Caleb, and it, we're, we're, they're still convinced that Caleb may actually be alive, I guess. Well, well and I've we, got we, questions we, about this. So let's get into the Caleb part of the story. Uh, because I thought I I had questions about whether Caleb was a host or not and I still have questions this episode because at the beginning uh, Charlotte pretty much tells him that the body he's in is only going to last a few days and it's going to start to malfunction and he's going to be in excruciating pain by the time he dies which all seems to check out with the, with with we see there are multiple versions of him, um, but then at the end they show her creating a new version and it looks like the same mechanism that they use to make host bodies. So I'm really confused at this point as to what Caleb actually is, whether he's a human well, consciousness imprinted on uh, on a host marble, um, or whether they're somehow reproducing biological matter even though it looks like a host I, I just don't understand it because like if they're making host bodies why would they make them is, is it a design a deliberate uh shit what's the term i'm looking for planned obsolescence uh that these that these bodies give out in a few days i, I i'm trying to figure out what what caleb actually is i think right. he's now, just, Mike, i mean, think he, i i think the planned obsolescence is the thing i think that she is designing a body that will decay painfully. And it's kind of right. a way she's trying, she's trying to torture the truth out of Caleb mm, as, well, to what, as to what he's doing to fuck up with her machines, because, you know, she's, she's the one standing there saying, I don't understand why you're convincing people not to buy my McPizza. <laughs> the McPizza was perfect. What is what are you the customer doing to stop the other customers from buying the McPizza? And <laughs> just, uh, you know, sorry, lady, the McPizza sucked. Um, <laughs> well, my, 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 let me bring this up. Me and you have talked about it a couple of times. 
before on prior episodes, uh, a human mind that is transferred to a imprinted cloud or disk or wherever. Um, we've discussed in the past that is it really the same person anyway? So I think he's dead as a person, but he's um, they they took his mind and just computerized it. So he's still he's still Caleb because it's the Caleb mind, uh, but what? it's not the real Caleb because it's not. Right the brain it's just an imprint however and that was pretty much revealed in the scene where she told him he was dead um right right right. because so he's caleb up through when he died at the quarry right 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 um so we're all on the same page there my only question was whether he was actually a host in a in a host body or whether they had found a way to replicate human flesh human biology and somehow uh, re-imprint him into a actual human body, and it doesn't, no, I doesn't think appear that I, I was just confused as to the the I the see. expiration of the body. That's all. I, I yeah, think so, it's yeah, go on, Mike. No, you're. Right. I think it's just just the, what they uh, what I said. It's a, it's a it's a planned obsolescence. Like I think with you know good good uh, good terminology um, to just each Caleb is given a limited lifespan and it's a way to try to torture them into, into confessing. That's a dick move. Well, if you haven't noticed, well, she, she's a bit of a going. dick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? I don't think Charlotte's very nice. Yeah. She's, uh, nice. she's been better. No, I mean, it was right. nice. They call back the fact that she did have, they very briefly, they allude to her family when she says, you're not the only one that lost it, lost something. Because uh, she did lose her family in the, or her fake family, or her adopted family, whatever. Mm-hmm. Family she stole from the actual Charlotte. <laughs> uh, last season. Um, and that's, I think, the first reference we've had to them this season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I kind of forgot about them. Is well, I have because that's pretty much what that's that's pretty much what turned her from in into an an actual uh, clone of Dolores into who she is now. Right? Was the event of her family being exterminated? Yes. Okay, that's true. I'm not saying um, I shouldn't have remembered. I just hadn't. Uh, I, I just had thought of it because I, I have not really thought a whole lot about season three since that. Ended. Well, it was a couple of years. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a couple of yes. years. A whole pandemic or three happened mm-hmm. in, in between. Now, yeah, I, now, the only reason I do remember is because I, I rewatched the last three episodes of season two before this one started. Now, um, to get back to uh, this Caleb story, um, he doesn't ever explain. But uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't think he he may even know. Um, 
why he's an outlier. Because oh, he probably like, does it. Yeah, right. And Charlotte's making it well, like the outliers don't feel any different from any other human. Right. They just are. But but Charlotte thinks he he knows, but I don't think he does. The only reason I can think of that she might believe he has information on that is because of his involvement with Rohabom. Because Rohabom is the one that identified the outliers, right? Right. Yes. But it wasn't Caleb. <laughs> and unless he had a whole bunch of conversation with that uh, original Rohabom while we weren't there to see it, then he wouldn't know. He wouldn't have the answers that Charlotte's looking for. Right. So I, I don't know why she's absolutely so convinced that he has the answers there. Because I'm not convinced he has the answers there. Nor am I. Yeah. All right, so um, I did really enjoy seeing uh, the multiple versions of Caleb on screen at the same time. That was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, and um, I, I did like his acting when he had the malfunctioning one, um, uh-huh. or the one that was beginning to deteriorate or whatever. Um, and I did like the reveal when he's going through the the um, air ducts and he finds all the corpses on the floor below and. That was pretty awesome. Although, just for the record, yeah, another air duct that's, you know, four feet wide, three feet tall. (laughs) All of these things, like, why are they just letting all these random Aaron Pauls uh, lay around in the facility? Makes sense when you remember that this is all her letting him escape. Yeah. Right? That, 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 the reason why these clues stay behind is because she wants him to find them. Right. That's true. So maybe the air duck is created intentionally to be big. Be Aaron Paul sized. Yes. (laughs) I don't don't know about that. You mean they constructed this whole damn building around the size of the ducks for him to crawl around? I, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's been 247 times that they've done this. So she's been had this plan for a while. Maybe she didn't think it was going to take this long to get an answer. Maybe, maybe. You do like the Caleb. Nope. Let me be your pillow. <laughs> you know, it's just. I, I'm, you broke up there, Mike. What were you saying? I, I like the, the, the Caleb that just like, let me be your pillow. Fall on me. Oh. You know, <laughs> that, that was interesting. Yeah. That was funny. Um, well, he knew he was on the way out anyway, right? Because his body had expired pretty much. Right, right, right. And and he also saw all the other ones splattered on the ground. So uh-huh. it, it was, you know, why not use the corpse that didn't even make it to open in the air duct to jump out. I don't know if you guys watched the uh, behind the scenes afterwards, but uh, apparently that short, that shot was pretty complicated. 
Yeah. Cause, cause like they, had, they had to have an actor and a duck speaking. And then they had to have like, uh, actor and stunt man and then stunt man and dummy and then actor and actor. He <laughs> 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 got all sorts of kooky in the span of about five seconds. That is pretty awesome. I didn't get to watch it. Um, because uh, I, I had to watch this during uh, my lunch hour, the episode, and and it would have been an extra six minutes, and I had to get back to work. <laughs> Wait, don't but you work at home? I do work at home. I have for thirteen years. Yeah, but working's working. He's got ethics. Yes, yes. Uh, it was tough today, though. I'll tell you In that. other words, and he had to he had to go back to playing Far Cry Six. <laughs> Uh, it's actually five. Far Cry Five is the better one. Yeah, but, um, please, Mike. But no, no, I, I was I was working. I had to catch up on like four hundred emails. It was it was absolutely horrible. And then I got a migraine, so it was it was a pretty bad day. Oh, bummer. Yeah, oh. yeah it was terrible. Was yeah. it no, a guy with a needle? Um, my migraine is like that. Getting stabbed in the eye with a needle. Is it? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I don't get migraines. Oh yeah, it makes me want to throw up. Oh, it's the worst. I get it once every three months or so, it seems. No, I, I, I work with people who get migraines, and it doesn't seem like fun. Right. Oh, and, and then seeing the Red Sox get in Eric Hosmer was, was maybe no, that's the most. Baseball, but who cares? That made me most sick. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, who cares about baseball? So, at this point, we're, we're talking <laughs> Westworld. So, uh, for Westworld, um, yeah, so he finally gets to – the uh, you know what I think I think it was weird I think it's a little contrived because Charlotte has the body deteriorate but you would think she would not have it deteriorate every, you would think she would have it not deteriorate until after he gets to the radio so he could message whatever he's going to message because that was the point so for her to just have him keep on deteriorating before he even gets to the radio so he can say a message that maybe will tell people meaning her, why he's an outlier. So I thought that was a little contrived. What was your thoughts, you guys' thoughts? I mean, I don't know if she specifically had in mind for him to use the radio. She just wanted to see what he was going to do when he got out. Yeah, okay. You know what, it's probably because I I read after watching the episode and uh, at 5 o'clock today after work, I read some stuff and, and it made it sound like she was hoping he would say something more than what he would do. So, but I, I think that just may be a misnomer and I think you're more apt to be right. Eric. Well, well, I think she was hoping he would say something revealing. Uh, and I think she was just frustrated because she finally got what she wanted and she didn't get what she wanted. Um, at the same time, it may have been a fatal mistake. Uh, because he did get the message out, and his daughter did hear it, so now they're extra motivated to win. Yep. All right. Right. Well, I mean, as far as I can tell, um, like Charlotte wanted um, wanted to. Charlotte is immortal, kind of, for all intents and purposes. Uh, she could afford to wait and let this all play out in a manner 
that was convincing because she needed Caleb 247 to believe it. And so she could afford to just let it keep going and going and going until finally he made it to the telephone and made the phone call and said, here's the secret that I have no reason to bring up now, except that I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> um, and then she's just now pissed that it didn't work out that way because he doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Yep. But I, but I think it's all planned. I think it was, she wanted to see what he was going to say. Wanted to know what the message to Frankie was going to be. Um, Wants to know why she has these outliers and specifically why are the outliers ruining her hosts? Mm -hmm. Right. Why is it that they all want to, you know, why are they all getting corrupted and falling apart instead of enjoying their little robot paradise that she wants them to go to? And nobody wants to go to robot paradise. They all want to stay behind and live in a, and hedonistic New York City and uh, attend matinees of cats. <laughs> oh, Hopefully not well, the, 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 Taylor Swift. That that ten minutes when Taylor Smith was really awesome. <laughs> well, I, I was refer I was refer I was referring to well just because she's running around the show naked. I was referring to the the uh the Broadway show, not the movie. I know. I was just getting a slam on Taylor Swift in there. Because Eric knows I like I adore Taylor Swift and her music, so I, I won't take it personally, Eric. I know it was. Oh, you should absolutely take it personally. It was a good, <laughs> good fun. It was a good fun. It wasn't for evilness. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I know the, that movie was trashed. So it's good. At least you it, said it, it out loud. Yeah, it got trashed. I, I mean, I, I actually was okay with it. I mean, I was with my kids and, you know, they thought it was fun and whatever. So I, it was a, it, I just want to see the original director's edition with the cats that had buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're way off topic. Cats. Well, let's, yeah. Let's get back to, let's get back to Caleb and Charlotte. Yeah. Let's get back to it. Oh. Uh, um, so yeah, maybe maybe that I think Mike may have summed it up, which is he de she definitely did want to see what he would say, but maybe also what you said, Eric made a point too, which is she since she has plenty of time and has iterations over and over and over, she was able to see what he would do, and then when that didn't bring any results, then finally make a body that allowed him to get to a certain point where he can finally speak on. Well, and here's the weird part is that after all that, where she gives her her little mocking speech and then she goes and destroys all the other versions and then creates another one. So what's she doing? What's she going to do with yet another Caleb when she's already got the non-answer that she was looking for? Is she well, still convinced that he knows something? Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, some people are just like they, they can't admit when they're wrong. Hmm. Yeah. You'd think a robot would be a little more logical, but I guess not. Have you have you have you met Charlotte? Um, <laughs> she's she's kind of psycho. <laughs> right, and that's also part of it, right? Is that she, there there seems to be some 
software uh, integrity issues. Indeed, indeed. So. She, yeah. She is, she is not right in the mainframe. <laughs> Insane in the mainframe. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, and again, this is this is the same, uh, I guess, sentient mind as, as Dolores, right? After Dolores went psycho in season two, was it? Or three? Uh, not, the she, same. I, not the same. It's based, based on the same one. Right. But she's developed along a different timeline, if you will. The, the same route. Mm-hmm. Right. She's, yeah, she's more, she, she's, she's more the, the Wyatt part of that personality. I'm wondering if the, the Christina version we have might be Dolores without the Wyatt. And, and really, she's going to end up being, I guess, the key to this. If this is comprehensible. And there are no guarantees that will end up being comprehensible. But if this does end up being comprehensible, um, I think that we're going to we we aren't going to be able to understand what Charlotte's doing until we understand what the hell is going on uh, with 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 uh, Christina and how does she right. factor into it? Right, right. All right. Um, what else uh, do we want to bring up about this Charlotte Caleb story? I mean, I don't, I don't know where it's going because it seems like it's done, but they made another one, so I don't know. Yeah, that's true. And and they still got to figure out what the outlier, what creates an outlier, right? So they're they're gonna, you would think by the end of the season, so in one or two episodes from now, they're gonna give us that answer. I would imagine either that or they're going to have a whole bunch of angry viewers at the end of the season and they would never do something that right. dumb, right? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they would never do something that would make a whole bunch of viewers angry at the end of a season. What well, makes you an outlier? They what, they are fans of the Rams. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is seemed to me like a very straightforward episode. I may be there. And like I said, there might be stuff I'm missing. I'm sure there is stuff I'm missing and not stuff that I'm missing in terms of, uh, you'll only understand it when you go back and review it. I mean, in terms of, uh, I was not at a hundred percent mental capacity while watching this. So, um, yeah, same here after the long ride, right? But it's it seems pretty straightforward, right? It's uh, Bernard and Frankie and Jay is what it was, and it was gave us little bits of information, but seemed more filler than anything else. And this was more to show us that uh, Charlotte is cracking, and uh, Caleb loves his daughter, and uh, nobody knows why an outlier is an outlier, but we know that that they're both outliers, so. And there is another Caleb coming. Caleb, 279. That's right. Um, 
All right. So, yeah, yeah, because obviously um, they don't want to write out Aaron Paul from the series because otherwise um, they wouldn't have had him become two, number 279. Right. But we got no Man in Black. We got no no Christina. Right. Um, right. No Teddy. Oh, we, no did, Teddy. we did get Clementine. I got to say Clementine's uh, uh, heels, those were damn good shoes. She had nice shoes for well, uh, any woman listeners who are like the the uh, clothing in this this the show uh, that, that Clementine was was pretty, pretty uh, rock on. Yeah, think, the futuristic clothing is really really hit and miss for me. But hers her her outfit wasn't bad. I'll give you that. But I, I yeah. do think we've, we've stumbled on something here, which is that Phil may share something with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Oh no no no! No, Quentin Tarantino likes bare feet. Fills into the heels. Oh okay. Well, well, just in general, though, they were damn good heels. They they were pretty awesome. They they were very very hip. Bill wants a pair. No no. (laughs) Bill, um, um, in the next several days, there's there's going to be a knock on your door. Uh, don't worry, they're just there to collect your man card. (laughs) Oh fuck right off. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Clementine was there and I guess Clementine is the one, uh, host that will not malfunction, or at least that's what Charlotte thinks, I think. Right. Uh, I think all of them are prone to malfunction if the right circumstances come along. Yeah. She just said she doesn't associate with the outliers. Yeah. Mm. She doesn't swim with the sharks. She just prefers the. You know, she she prefers to she, 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 the the sheep. I don't know. She just doesn't like the yeah. She she doesn't go near the outliers because that's apparently silly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So, but you're right. Uh, so. But the other characters uh, we did not see, which was the Christina character and the Man in Black character. Right. Maybe next time. Right. They seem to be alternating, so I would not be surprised. That's that's true. That's what that's what I'm thinking too. And it'll be curious to see how the Christina story eventually links back to um, the rest. If it does, uh, let, me, let me ask you this: Is the man in black dead? I mean, didn't they kill off his host? Obviously, with Maeve way back, but did they bring him back? I'm, I'm completely lost now. I, f- I forget. No, they made another body and popped him in there. Yeah, that's right. They did. I, I, I'm a little confused. On You're delusional, Phil. Yeah, a little bit. I'm, uh, I just drove 14 hours. So. Um, it had a migraine that was killing me. Um, right. Uh, so what else do we want to talk about? Anything else? Nothing. We've been talking for longer than the episode lasted. All right. That sounds good. So, um, any thoughts on what's going to happen next week? Christina. Yeah, that's my guess. Um, why was it called fidelity this episode? Anyone want to go with that? Because it was, Caleb. Yeah. The whole fidelity test was the thing they did with Mr. Delos back in season two, right? That was a season two storyline. 
Was um, it three? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, it was where they were, they were running the, the Delos clone through with the fidelity tests over and over and over again. And I think that might be what Charlotte thinks she's doing with Caleb, thinking that when she gets the right fidelity, then he will blurt out the truth to her. Hmm. Um. Or, you know, actually, now that I think about it, right, wasn't that the problem with the Delos uh, host, right? He did just inevitably start to break down. Actually, he broke down when he became self-aware. Mm. When he knew his true nature and she's never lied. She, and now Caleb knows he is what he is. So I guess maybe that's the point, right, is that, hey, <laughs> as soon as I let you know you're a host, you're going to start to decay. And maybe they just haven't figured that bug out yet. Mm, maybe. Right. All right, so just get it to go a little longer each time. Uh, right. Um, all right, so I guess we can wrap it up. Uh, people can email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com or go to darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us menu choice uh, on any page of the of the website, and it'll fill out a box that will send an email. Uh, just put in the subject Westworld, so we know it's for this podcast, and we will read your email on the podcast. Uh, so let's go around and uh, give our final thoughts on this, and it's set up for the penultimate episode. Uh, let's go with Eric first. Uh, yeah, like I said, Aaron Paul, uh, in my opinion, did his best work in this episode. Uh, the overall story for itself was pretty simplistic. Um, hopefully we get some uh, Christina answers next episode. All right. Uh, for me, um, yeah, it was, I saw it enough. Um, it was, um, hit and miss, but generally, okay. Um, I am also, uh, looking towards next week's episode because I, I'll be curious to see, uh, more of the Christina story line. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah. Um, despite their best efforts, no big dramatic twists or turns or reveals here. Nothing that makes me reconsider the entire show or, you know, and, and really not even focusing on the characters I like the most. Um, like I said, it's a very perfunctory episode. It's a very straightforward episode. It is kind of feels like connective tissue and a little bit of filler. So, but it's well done. This is a, believe if this was the second episode of the season, then I would say we're on an upward trajectory, but it's not. It's the the sixth episode of the season, and I think we've had some really awesome episodes that it's following. So it's a knock by comparison, but it is still, I think, a very solid hour of television. And I think it does carry the ball forward a little bit, even if it's not in the most for me the most interesting direction. So I like All it. Right. Very good. All right, so uh, next week we will discuss the penultimate episode, which is episode seven, and that's going to be called Melano- Mel- Melonia? Mel- Melanoia. No, like no, no, no. You're, you're butchering this. I looked at it earlier. Hang, hang on. Medit- Me- Metanoia. Metanoia. Oh, yeah, that's a T, isn't it? How about that? For some reason, I thought that was an L. Well, be, I don't know what that Melanoma means. Melanoma is an actual word, and meta, metanoia is not. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure what that will mean. Um, but we'll, I, I we'll believe it's paranoia, and, uh, but virtual. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, meta no change in one's way of life resulting from penitence or spiritual conversion. Oh, is it an actual word? Yeah, believe it or not, it is. Uh, It's a noun. What he demanded of people was metonia, uh, repentance, a complete change of heart. Interesting. Interesting. All right, so uh, we'll be back uh, recording on um, Monday night because uh, me and Mike are back from our convention trip representing the Dark Discussions News Network at Williamsburg at the Scares That Care Convention. So we will be recording on the 8th to release the episode on the 9th uh, of August. People will uh, get this episode on August 3rd. So uh, you're probably already listening to it. Uh, That's pretty much it. So with all that stated, Eric, why don't you do this out? All right. Thanks for doing Let's talk about episode six. Come back next week. We'll talk about the next one.